Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Fanboy. Today, I have my really good friend, Tony, joining me. Welcome, Tony. How's it going, Kenny? Good to hear you. Good. How are you? Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm joining you from uh, Honolulu, Hawaii, so life is pretty yes. good for me, but I miss yeah. you, man. I miss you. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's been a while. So I hear you have a confession for me. Yeah, uh, I'm, I, I am a little bit ashamed to admit that as a sentient uh, human being, uh, I, I have never actually seen uh, the classic, well, science fiction film, uh, E.T. the Extraterrestrial. And uh, I'm kind of ashamed to admit that, sir. I am shocked. I remember when you told me this and I was like, <laughs> how is that even possible? I know. I know. I it mean, is. OK, well, first of all, let me tell my listeners if they have it. I'm sure they know what it is because everybody's seen E.T. except for yeah. you. So <laughs> E.T. came out in 1982. It's a film produced and directed by Steven Spielberg, written by Melissa Matheson. Tells the story of a young boy named Elliot who befriends an extraterrestrial dubbed E.T., who is stranded on Earth. The film also stars Dee Wallace, Peter Coyote, and Henry Thomas. And it's so funny because they don't have uh, Drew Barrymore. Cause this is oh, one wow. Of roles, uh, <laughs> as a little girl. So I guess I wasn't starring her technically. But <laughs> So tell me, why? Why have you not watched this movie in all these years? It's been over 20 years. No. Uh, almost yes. 40 years, Kenny. 40 almost years. 40 years, Kenny. Uh, so, okay. So, first of all, I uh, I was born in 1981. So, when the film first came out, I was I was. That's understandable. About, I was about to yes. turn one years old, probably, when the film first came out. That being said, my family moved uh, from uh, Honolulu, Hawaii, where I was born, to the island, to the big island of Hawaii, to the town of Hilo, when I was two. And when I was very, very young, sometime in between two and three, I do remember E.T. actually coming out in the theaters as a part of a re-release. Uh, yes. so I was a very, very little boy. And I, I also remember uh, going to McDonald's and uh, McDonald's had uh, a promotional, you know, thing to go the along. Tie in, yeah. You know, yep. with, with all the toys. So I remember I remember playing with like the McDonald's Happy Meal E.T. toys. Now, my mother actually did take me to see E.T. when I was, you know, like whatever, two or three years old. But what happened was uh, I got really, really upset in the middle of the viewing of the film to the point where I had to be removed from the theater. <laughs> and so, you know, I and I was actually scared of the movie subsequently. So when it was out on beta and uh, people were renting it, I, w I would have no part. I was like, yeah. I did not want to. I, I didn't know why. I mean, I was a little moody, bratty little boy. So I was just, nope, nope, not not going to watch it. <laughs> and, and it kind of it kind of, you know, grew from there. And then it just kind of never it never really happened for me. And, and I realized the cultural impact that E.T. had. And I mean, it, I think it didn't it break Jaws's record for uh, it, it broke Star Wars record, Star Wars record. Wow. OK, it was bit for 11 years until Jurassic Park came and then Jurassic Park bumped it off. That is crazy. Yeah. yeah. And, and in the even up up until now, I have never um, even now as an adult uh, sat, sat through it. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. You know, it, I'm still kind of a little bit afraid to watch it, you know, like they're like, like there's some yeah. weird, you know, like like childhood trauma ish things going on. Maybe with, with, <laughs> not really, but but with, with E.T. And so it just, you know, you know, here's another funny fact, Kenny, is uh, when DVDs were still a thing, I remember um I, I had E.T., the, the collector's edition DVD as part of my collection, but I never 
bother so to funny. watch it. Never so, watched it. I know, I know, I know. Shame on me. Shame on me. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, really, the answer is I, I was too afraid. I was really too afraid to. Well, it's time to face your fears. I'm going to send you off to go watch it. And then when you come back, we will discuss it. Hopefully, it lives up to your expectations. I don't even know if you have expectations, really. I mean, it's a 40-year-old movie. Yeah, yeah. You well, know. I, you know, I, I went on the ride at Universal Studios when that was still a thing. Uh-huh. And so, uh, I, I, you know, I obviously the Amblin Entertainment yeah. logo is taken from E.T. So I'm familiar with I mean, the, it's in the zeitgeist. It's yep, in our yep. world. Everything. You, I mean, yeah, you know the idea of the movie. What exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, no, absolutely. So anyway, I, I'm, I'm pretty stoked to, to, to finally actually watch this thing. So, Kenny, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Yes, I can't wait for you to watch it. So we'll uh, be back in a few minutes to our listeners and we'll discuss it. E.T. Home phone. E.T. phone home. Mm. E.T. phone home. E.T. phone home. He wants to call somebody. Mm. <laughs> What's all this shit? E.T. phone home. My God, he's talking. Oh. E.T. phone home? E.T. phone home. And they'll come. Come. Home. Home. All right, Tony, you're back. You just watched E.T. for the first time from beginning to end. Oh, my God, Kenny. I need, I need some tissues. <laughs> I, 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 oh my goodness! You know, I I did not finish the movie when I was a child, as as we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, and I, so I guess overall, uh, I, I cried at several different points in time during the film. So obviously, I, I truly, truly enjoyed it. So there, there's just so many sort of things that just came to me. First of all, it's a very um, meta film. You know, coming mm. out. In 1982, um, it had references uh, to, of course, Star Wars. It had references mm-hmm. to Jaws. Mm-hmm. And it also, uh, in a strange way, I think it also kind of had some uh, uh, Disney Pinocchio references, mm-hmm. especially with the musical score both early on and actually right when the credits come on. Uh, John Williams uh, uh, wrote like a variation of the When You Wish Upon a Star. Mm, okay. like, you know, so um, yeah. I, I think my the thing that really made me feel so much about this is film first i mean it's beautiful you know the uh the visual effects certainly hold up it's very very relatable just because of you know the the, the middle child character of a, of a broken home who, whose family has just been broken like there's, there's yeah. a lot of like like empathy there but truly the the score the musical score and just the the way I think it actually might be John Williams' best score now. Now that I now that I see it, it's in my top three of his of all his scores. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Star Wars is will always be amazing. And yeah, Jaws. Yeah, but E.T. is definitely I I love that music. Well, you know, I mean, just I mean, just simply the the moments when E.T. makes all the bicyclers fly and the da 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 like that yep. like kind of hit me in the face and like it wasn't sad tears but just like this the the emotional weight of what was kind of happening in that exact moment and that's you know uh, that et is taking them to where he needs to be so he he, he can get picked up so and it comes it comes off of a very because he was dead 
yeah. moments before, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it's just very uplifting, heartwarming type of he's going home. Yep, exactly. That type and, of thing. And also the the way the kids all banded together in the end, even though mm-hmm. they really didn't have to. Because, you know, the way the movie started off, first of all, the, the first like nine or ten minutes of the film, there was no dialogue. So just just in terms of just just how strong of a movie it was from just visual storytelling uh, from the very beginning with like the you know going from inside the 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 flying sphere that ET comes in from with all the mushrooms and and everything mm-hmm. and then going out into you know we get a close up of keys as keys you know yes and yeah. and and all that and and I know this this is something that I think a lot of people talk about but just the the way the cinematography is framed from a like from from like a waist level as if you are like a nine or 10 year old that really it's came great that you point that out because he actually specifically spielberg said yep. i shot this from a view of a child yep so you'll notice a lot of shots are that way i had heard that beforehand and i totally had forgotten and then all i'm watching this and i'm like oh my goodness this is this is definitely definitely shot from from the pov of a child but to my point about, about it being like the, like a meta movie i i yeah. really dug it and, and actually to come to think of it now, just the scene where Elliot is showing E.T. his toys and is beginning oh. to explain, you know, language and everything yes. to, to E.T. I, I actually wonder, without that scene, uh, would Boba Fett be a thing? Because he's mm. like, oh, here's Boba Fett, you know, and he does. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and what, we, what we have to remember, too, is uh, E.T. broke uh, the record, right, for, for most uh, 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 most profitable movie of all time up, up until that point. It also stayed in the theaters for over a year. Yeah. And, you know, in a um, obviously you look at, at E.T. and uh, Stranger Things was oh, heavily, yeah. heavily influenced by by E.T. And it's, it's just I mean, you, you, you can just yeah. see it, you know, it's it's yeah. it's. it's, it's the, the precursor to it being everywhere. Something else I really liked about it is, you know, it's set in the San Fernando Valley. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I thought that was, that was pretty cute to see that in the, in the early eighties, but you know, there, there's so many things that uh, I, I really, really, uh, Oh, something else. I honestly think that if there wasn't an ET, there wouldn't be Harry Potter. And hmm. just uh, in terms of, you know, the, the adventure amongst three, three characters, you know, um, you know, sorry, two boys and a girl and mm-hmm. just, you know, very childlike and very simple, but even like early on in the film, like, you know, Elliot's kind of a jerk to his mom, you know? Mm. And I saw kind of echoes of like how Harry Potter behaves uh, sort of in the middle of the Harry Potter book series, just, you know, because, because they're sitting around the dinner table and Elliot, I'm not sure if he intends to be mean to his mom or not, but he's definitely mean to his mom when he's like, well, dad's in Mexico with Sally, you know? And then the older brother gets like, like gives him the look and, you know, and, and, you know, and uh, Drew Barrymore's Gertie doesn't really know what to make of it all. It's yeah. There there was some real human moments there too. That's what I loved about it. It's that it felt so real. Mm -hmm. You know, this child is hurting. Yeah. He loved his dad. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's a, it's a recent breakup, you know, and, and his dad's moved on without the kids. Yeah. You know, yeah. that type of thing. And he's feeling left behind. So, I mean, I understand him lashing out. It makes mm-hmm. sense that he would do that. It's so well written from the from the perspective of a child. Yep. You know? Yep. You yep. know? And yeah, it's it, yeah, it. You don't really know. Like he doesn't know what's really going on, and he's just sort of react. It's it's it really psychologically. It, it just makes so much sense. It is it is an yeah. excellent script. You know, something else uh, um, I was struck by because what 
immediately after I was done watching it, I began, you know, the, the musical score affected me very, very greatly. And so I began mm-hmm. Googling around all the awards that John Williams has won. And I, you know, just, just to basically make an angry tweet about, oh, well, hi, how come hasn't John Williams won X, <laughs> Y, or Z awards? And it occurred to me that, that John Williams had never won the Oscar Lifetime Achievement Irving Thalberg Award, even though he's won a whole bunch of regular Oscars. And I, yeah. I, I looked through the list of Irving Thalberg Award winners, and we have Steven Spielberg, Kathleen Kennedy, and Frank Marshall, all three oh. of which have won Irving Thalberg Awards, who were all, yeah. you know, Frank Marshall was the production designer or supervisor, and, you know, Kathleen Kennedy was a co-producer and Spielberg director. Yeah. So there is some very, I mean, very heavy hands made yeah. this, made that film, too. So it's, yeah. it's and okay, okay. I'm Something else that I, I found very striking, and I don't know the exact history, but was, was E.T. ever on streaming? I don't think so. So we just got Disney Plus, right? And yeah. E.T. is a universal property. And Universal, yes. I guess, is under the umbrella of, of NBC. So it, it should be on, I think, the Peacock. It should be on Peacock. It should be on yeah. Peacock. But it just seems to me that uh, we have Stranger Things, which is doing gangbusters for you know Netflix. And we have all these nostalgia, you know, geek uh, set things going on right now in popular culture. And I wonder... You know, I mean, E.T. Is, is very, very present in like the zeitgeist, of course. But oh, yeah. I, I wonder if it could be even more so because, you know, for instance, if Disney bought, it seems like Disney should buy the rights to E.T. and put it on Disney Plus, <laughs> quite frankly. You know, it, it, it feels mm. like it should be at home next to Star Wars and Indiana Jones, you know, yeah. just in terms of, of where it is in, the, in terms of history of cinema and, you know, and, and period and everything. And just how still even now immediately relatable I think the film would be and just you know it it, it is all over popular culture I'll, I'll, I'll be honest I'm rereading uh, uh, the Tom Clancy book The Hunt for Red October right mm-hmm. now and it's funny uh, you know spoiler alert towards the end of the, of the Hunt for Red October there is a scene where all of the Russian sailors have been are on an American ship for the first time and one of the uh, officers aboard the American ship decides to show them E.T. and yeah. so it, it was kind of funny like I was reading the book I was like oh E.T. this is so th- this nice. podcast yeah. recording is kind of meant to be yeah yeah that's awesome that's <laughs> awesome no i i i i am so excited for the fact that you actually really because i mean i can tell from your enthusiasm that you really enjoyed the movie yeah. yeah which is great because you know it was came out in 82 which is what 38 years ago yeah i was one years old uh and yeah. and probably saw it when i was two when it yeah. when it first came out and, and literally like i was scared of the movie oh that's something well, else. That's surprising. Yes, I I do I do hear that. Lots of people say, "Oh my god, E.T. scared me." Yep. But I was twelve at the time, so to me, I was like, I want him as a best friend. No, absolutely. You well, well, so you were, I mean, perfect age. I mean, you I were you were perfect. Elliot's age, right? Yeah. Basically, you were yeah. about Elliot's age when when yep. when the movie came out. So the first, you know, 15, 20 minutes of the film felt like a horror movie to me. Like mm. you know, uh, just we're not. It's dark. You know, the low mm-hmm. angles. Like you know, we're kind of in this creepy you know, forest area. And you're and, not getting full views of them. You're yep. getting their arms or their hands. Exactly. Them. Yeah. And all yeah, the sound like effects. Full, yeah. yeah. And even the first time Elliot sees E.T. when he's throwing the softball into the shed in mm-hmm. the back, you know, the way he kind of comes out, it's a jump scare. It, it is mm-hmm. it is a jump scare moment. And so, you know, I, I can see how, you know, two or three-year-old me who was taken to see it in the movie theaters 
might have had a negative reaction to to oh, definitely you know um yeah. and so I mean, it's definitely you're too, that's way too young i think you need to be at least seven or eight <laughs> and that's because on your maturity yeah. Yeah. you know because if you're more mature then obviously you can handle it but yeah it can be a scary movie for a child yeah. to watch no it, it's know? pretty funny my parents were were, were very open with, with movies i mean oh, my, so was my, mine i saw i saw jaws when it came out in the theater oh. and i was like what six or seven that must have been scary for and her. it traumatized me from getting Ooh. in pools yeah or, bathtubs for years i can imagine so, oh man yeah, i i yeah. can imagine but uh so, but yeah you know all, all in all kenny i i it, it, it was tremendous it, it, it really you know it the, the visual effects still work i mean you they you can still see dated mat work and everything but at the same time mm -hmm. understanding the use of of what then i, I can only assume they must have hand painted out like blue screen technology type stuff but even so the the way they shot it the force perspective the photorealism all sorts of stuff like that the cinematography yeah. too just in general all, yeah, excellent yeah. all practical effects yep you yep. know which is amazing there was one shot too that i loved it was at the i think the um when uh, they're, they're overlooking it's, it's towards the beginning of the film mm -hmm. it's a shot overlooking the san fernando valley from the cliffside right by the base of where the where, where the forest is and there's the rack mm -hmm. focus shot where you know the the foreground of the shot is staying the same, but it's zooming in on the San Fernando Valley. And then yeah. a camera pops in the frame and then it's, it ends up being Keyes' men like taking photos yeah. and, and, and doing all that. And I, I was just, it was such a wonderful sight gag for, for people who are in the know in terms of, of cinematography. But, yeah. you know, it again, you know, it, it was, it, it really hit me in the face. And there's so much more going on there than just a simple, a simple kids movie, even though the genius of it is that a child's, you know, of about six or seven, I would say, yeah. can, can definitely relate to it in a meaningful way. And then you look at what happened afterwards. You know, we we got like Flight of the Navigator and we got Starman and we got Cocoon and, you know, mm -hmm. films very much that feel, you know, that they were, you know, followers of E.T. that were all pretty good in, in their own right. And, you know, mm -hmm. even so that they just don't they don't really hold a candle to et so yeah it really yeah. was a tremendous film kenny so thank you for giving me an excuse to revisit some childhood fears <laughs> i think I, I think it's great yeah and i'm I, and like i said i'm just so happy that you actually enjoyed it it holds up well because i mean we, when you watch a movie like this you're always i saw it when i was 12 i saw it many times i started a mm -hmm. et fan club it was my neighbor kids we all would go and my dad would take us all to the theater to see it so i mean i was huge into et so I have like my ro rose colored glasses on. Mm -hmm. So it's always nice to hear when someone else watches it and says, oh no, it, it was as good as you're saying it was. You know, it was enjoyable. It was, the special effects still held up well. Cause yep. I watch it now. I watch it probably every few years I watch mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And I, and I still love it, yep. you know, yep. and I can see some of the, uh, some of the, the effects aren't as, you know, clean as they could be, but right. for what it is, it, you know, you go for more of the story. Yeah. For yeah. me, it's all about the story. Yeah. You know, E.T. and Elliot's relationship, yep. uh, Elliot and his brother's relationship, and E.T. and Gertie's yep. relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all about relate and the mom, the mom, and the kids. Yep. Yep. You know, they, it's, and they, and then all of a sudden, you know, the government comes, right, and <laughs> turns their world upside down. Yeah. You know, and then E.T. dies. He has to he die. He passes away. Right. And, Right. And, you know, I mean, I, I ball every, and I know it's happening. Right. I've seen it many, many times. Yeah. <laughs> and I still, I start crying when, when um, E.T., uh, Elliot's brother finds E.T. in the ditch. Right, right. He's, he's like, uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's creepy. That, yeah. that part wrenches my heart out. And then they go to the home where the mom comes in, mm -hmm. drops her coffee, you know, and, and he's reaching up saying, mom. Yeah. 
to, yeah. to the uh, it's just mm-hmm. it gives me chills just talking about yeah. it. It's just it's so so good. Yep. And then, I mean, of course, we have Drew Barrymore, which is awesome yeah. to see her. Yeah, little Drew so Barrymore. Tiny. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think this was her first role. Cause I think Firestarter was her first what? role. What? Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I think this is her second role. Okay. She was super um, young. I mean, you know, she was like, what, like five or six or something like yeah. that? Like, yeah. Yeah. Very, very young. Yeah. Yeah. But so adorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Dee Wallace was great mm-hmm. to see her. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, as the mom. Yeah. And I love Keys. Keys never gets a name, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I forget. You know, I, I looked up the actor's name, uh, uh, Koyo. Peter Coyote. Yes, Peter Coyote. Yeah, yeah yep. you know. But I, I will say this too. And, you know, at the very end, you know, it's very much about, you know, E.T.'s a metaphor for, um, I, I think, Elliot, you know, the, the film is about Elliot kind of coming into like little manhood, I, I, I think, mm-hmm. in, in a sense. And just, you know, his attachments to his father and his, his attachments, I, I think, to, to life in general. And just the moment when E.T. is all like, I'm here. I'm always going to be here in your head. Here's yeah. where I am, Elliot. I was just like, oh, my God. Like, like waterworks, <laughs> Kenny. Like, you know, waterworks. Yeah, it was yeah it's so good. Yeah. yeah, now you need to now you need to watch. There's a uh, internet. It's a internet cable commercial. Uh-huh. And they they touted it as et part two okay <laughs> it's like a sequel okay it's i uh, i loved it it's mm-hmm. about four minutes you can find it on youtube just i don't know type in et2 mm-hmm. or i can i don't think it's comcast i think it's infinity okay and it was made uh, in 1982 or something no, no it was made last year oh oh geez okay and okay. so it's like 30 years later oh ET comes back and it's just it's so it sounds like it could be well funny. done and now that you've just seen the movie I'll get you it. You should watch that. <laughs> yeah, you should, you should watch. I would love to have seen because there's been lots of rumors of making a sequel, and I'm like, you know what? I, they, this movie doesn't you know, need it. I, I I don't think they should. I really no, really don't it, think that they should because I I think a sequel would diminish. Well, it yes. wouldn't diminish the original movie, but where, where could they possibly go? Et comes back and and Elliot, you know, is 50 years old with yeah. you know with, with kids of his own. It, it I don't know. I don't yeah. I don't I don't I don't want to see a sequel to Et. I really, yeah. really don't. Yeah, I totally I totally agree with you. Obviously, I would love to see more because I I just mm-hmm. love that universe. I love the characters. Sure. So, but this this commercial definitely gives you that little taste like, oh, okay, that was exactly what I needed. It's yeah. only four minutes. It's really cute. You know, you get to see what, what, what you know, where Elliot is in yeah. his life and what E.T.'s up to. And, you know, it's <laughs> it's a very cute little piece. And it's all sanctioned mm-hmm. by Universal. You know, it's oh. only up and up. Yeah, it's – I'm sure they paid through the nose to get the rights for it all. Yeah, absolutely. But, absolutely. you know, they got a screenwriter to write the little script. And mm-hmm. it's a it's a really well-done piece for mm-hmm. a commercial. One last thing I, I do want to say is, yeah. is did I did have the opportunity to go on the E.T. ride mm. at Universal Studios beforehand. And, yeah. um, and now, it is, now it is Transformers, I believe, is what they turned it into. Yes, unfortunately. Um, very unfortunate. No, it's, it's actually, it's Mummy. Oh, it's the Mummy. It's I the like mummy, the Mummy, yes. but but uh, uh, yeah. it, well, it, it's a shame that they took away that ride because I, I want to go on it now even more. <laughs> yeah. You know, than, than now that I, I actually am familiar with the IP beyond just it being the scary creature, you know? So, <laughs> uh, but no, it, it, it was yeah. simply excellent, Kenny. It was simply good. excellent. So thank good, you. Good, good. Well, no, thank you for coming on with your confession and following through and watching it and, and enjoying it. And, and I'm glad that I gave you that little push to, yep. uh, to finally watch it. Uh, and I'm sure you'll be you'll be back. I would love to have you back on as another. I'm sure there's something else I, I shamefully sure, haven't seen. I'm, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure we can find something. <laughs> so uh, thank you again for doing this. I really appreciate it. I want to thank my listeners for tuning in. And we will talk to you guys again soon. Check out the latest podcast to hit this quadrant. The Geek Roundtable. Join hosts as they sit down with fellow geeks to talk 
Well, geek. Star Wars, Star Trek, cosplay, fantasy, anime, Firefly, even My Little Pony. If it's geeky, we'll discuss it. King Arthur had his round table for his knights. And now it's time for us geeks to have ours. Come join in the fun and geek out with the Geek Roundtable. Find us on iTunes by searching The Geek Roundtable. Or visit our website, thegeekroundtable.com. That was the scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Alienation, the newcomers podcast, is a fan cast devoted to the groundbreaking but short-lived TV series Alienation. This series tackles social issues like racism, bigotry, and intolerance with an alien twist. Each month, we will bring you a podcast dedicated to a single episode. The host will give you their thoughts on the episode, as well as some little-known behind-the-scenes information. So please subscribe to Alienation, the newcomer's podcast on iTunes, or visit our website at alienationpodcast.com. Attention, attention. Are you a fan of MASH, one of the most groundbreaking television series in history? Then take a listen to the MASH 4077 podcast, where hosts discuss their thoughts episode by episode. They will also share with you some little-known behind-the-scenes information, trivia, and so much more. So come and find them on iTunes by searching MASH 4077 podcast or online at www.mash4077podcast.com. Confessions of a Fanboy is a geeky fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivative, work 3.0 United States license, all rights reserved.